2: What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 275. I'm Jimmy Kemsky with phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of Bleeding Green Nation. What's going on, buddy?
1: Big sigh there, Jimmy. Uh, Shouldn't be a big sigh. (laughs) Not not, not a sigh, just a deep
2: deep breath. Deep breath.
1: Okay. Because we're not at the point in the season yet. Hopefully, we don't get to that point in the season, especially for the sake of uh, Eagles fans here <laughs> that those deep sides are going to be needed. The Eagles are 1 0. You never know it. You never know that they're 1 0 right now. <laughs> <laughs> they defeated the Detroit Lions. Um, what was it Mike Schmidt who once said, uh, it's Philadelphia? No, no place like Philadelphia. What did you call Mike Schmidt.
0: Okay.
2: It,
1: it came out a little weird the first time. It sounded like you said like Schmidt instead of Schmidt. Mike Schmidt. Schmidt. There we go. Okay. Mike Schmidt who once said (laughs) something to the effect of only in Philadelphia can you uh, win and then uh, hear the – I'm butchering the quote here, but you get what I'm saying. It's like (laughs) you can win and you can – the agony (laughs) of – the point is like you can win in Philadelphia and then you have to hear about all the things that went wrong the next day. Right. Um, That was
2: very much this week uh, in Eagles. Yes. uh, Coverage analysis, uh, quibbling – uh, Etc. cetera. So yeah, we'll get to all that. Uh, but yeah, your point, want to know kind of a big deal in my opinion. Uh, you know, look everything. I think, I don't think anyone looked at the schedule when it came out and they saw Eagles at lions and they, and I don't I don't know that anyone really picked the lions. I think this is a game that you just, you I just, did. You did. You picked the lions in this
0: game.
1: Originally back, not like leading up to oh, last okay. week, gotcha. um, but originally when the schedule came out, I thought, I thought they would go one and one in the first two is really what I was predicting. Okay.
2: Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, people had this chalked up as a as a W. And uh at times during that game, it looked like it was gonna be easy. And then at other times during the game, you know, sphincters started, you know, clenching up a little bit, I I think, <laughs> uh, when when the when the Lions were making a run there, particularly in the second half. Um, so we'll get to, you know, some of what happened in that game, mostly centered around uh, jalen hurts and jonathan gannon but before we get to all that and the news i need to know where i can find the minus the finest meat snacks in the land
1: definitely not a minus meat snack they are a plus <laughs> meat snack for you jimmy and the listeners bgn radio is sponsored by righteous felon craft jerky you get a righteous felon.com you use discount code bgn20 from now september 16th twenty seven a.m we're recording this you're listening to it later, presumably, definitely, until the end of the month. That's all the time you have left to use BGN20 at RighteousFellin.com to get 20% off. Otherwise, it drops back down to BGN15. So you want to save that extra 5%. You want to do it now. You want to act soon. And the last thing I'll say, Jimmy, before we hop into the show, as if we haven't already, is the real quote here. (laughs) Philadelphia is the only city (laughs) Where you can experience the thrill of victory and the agony of reading about it the next day. There we go. Okay. What a prescient quote. (laughs) That is good.
2: Uh, Mike Schmidt, or as Brandon would call him, Mike Schmidt. Mike Smith. (laughs) Smitty. All right. Uh, The Eagles' win was not without a little bit of damage. They lost Derek Barnett for the season with a torn ACL. And uh, I think this is a little bit of an underrated injury because they signed him with the intent of you know kind of filling out their depth i sort of hypothesized that they didn't think that and it this is actually backed up a little bit by by someone i know in, the, in with the team but i'd hypothesized what? that <laughs> well i'm just i'm just giving the info that this was their line of thinking um but they didn't think that any of the you know premier edge rushers in this draft were going to make it to them at at or anywhere near pick 15, particularly after I remember David Ajabo, the prospect from Michigan. I don't remember who wound up and en- who end up, ended up drafting him in the second round. But uh, once he got hurt, that sort of thinned out the uh, the crowd at at Drusher in this draft. And so they re-signed Barnett uh, to a two-year deal that I think a lot of fans were not happy with. Uh, I certainly didn't think that it was a, it was a great resigning uh, a, among the many good moves uh, that Howie Roseman made this off season. But Barnett's season is over, and there's he's a guy that they were sort of relying on to play a healthy amount of snaps this year. Um, with him gone, for me, it's probably just next guy up. I don't think they're going to screw around with you know having Fletcher Cox play reps at defensive end or Milton Williams. Those guys are just going to stay on the interior. Uh, Teron Jackson was a healthy scratch week one, so he will almost certainly uh, not be a healthy scratch anymore. He's going to be active. He was active for all 18 games last year, if I recall, right? So uh, he'll be up, and then they signed Janarius Robinson, uh, edge rusher, who the Vikings drafted. Was it the fourth round, I think, in the 2021 NFL draft? Uh, Missed the entire 2021 season uh, with... I don't know if that was like a, an, an injury or a quote-unquote injury <laughs> to sort of uh, uh, redshirt him or whatever. I, I, I didn't look that far into it, but um, he's a guy that was did not make their team this year, uh, with, landed on their practice squad, so the Eagles poached him. Uh, I also think that if it doesn't—like if Teron Jackson and Janarius Robinson or whoever kind of can't step up and give them adequate snaps in that depth role— I could see that being a position that they address at the trade deadline. Um, Of course, edge rushers tend to be expensive uh, when you go out and you try to trade for one. So I don't know. We'll see, but um, yeah, their, their depth was for, for whatever you think about Derek Barnett, their depth certainly was thinned out uh, after they lost him week one.
1: Yeah, I agree with that much. I think that Derek Barnett, offers a higher floor than a teron jackson does although i think you could argue that teron jackson teron jackson offers a higher ceiling than what derek barnett was because i think derek barnett's more of a known quantity and you're not going to get double digit sacks out of him Mm -hmm. are you going to get double digit sacks out of teron jackson probably not but i don't know there's a chance he could like surprise he looked really good i thought in camp i saw you wrote he didn't look as good in the preseason games i thought he still had some moments there uh as well so uh, I'm interested to see what he can do. It was a little bit of a bummer that he was a healthy scratch in week one, but you know, I surprising think surprising to me. I, I, I didn't well, have him down. I mean, at the same time though, you know, the Eagles entire 52 player roster at that point, they, they hadn't signed a 53rd player um, was healthy. So yeah. they they have to put someone down with right. these health, these inactive. So uh, in a in a more normal situation, you're typically going to have at least like one or two injury, couple injuries, uh, and that's going to open up spots. And I think he would be active in that case. So kind of just a numbers crunch there. Um, so I'm interested to see what Teron Jackson can do. Yeah, I'm not going to just stay. I think there might be a thought that because Eric Barnett is this player is frustrating uh, and kind of disappointing that losing him isn't the biggest deal. I certainly haven't seen anyone be like, torn up about this uh obviously no one's rooting and and taking pleasure in his injury but no one is like oh no we lost Derek Barnett this is crushing um I do think it could be more impactful than that lack of reaction to your point but I also am interested to see what Teron Jackson can do the other uh
2: big news on the injury front in the NFC East was of course the Dak Prescott injury um he's going to be out the the original prognosis was You know, from people that know injuries or whatever, was like six to eight months. And I think Adam Schefter even said that. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? Months. Um, Yeah, six to eight weeks. Big difference. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of a big difference. (laughs) It's like four times the uh, the length. Um, Anyway, six to eight weeks, which I I believe it was Adam Schefter said it would like it would probably more likely be on the longer end of the scale. That six to eight weeks probably more likely closer to eight than six. The Cowboys were like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we're going to not put him on injured reserve. And uh, I, I, there's no way he can come back in, you know, within three weeks, I wouldn't imagine. But I guess they're just doing that for the sake of... I mean, I guess they probably just don't have a, like a deep enough roster to care about putting him on injured reserve. So they're just not going to do it. Uh, but I can't imagine that he'll be back in time... For the Cowboys matchup against the Eagles, which is week six. But this was obviously a seismic uh, news event within the NFC East. Dak Prescott being arguably the most valuable player uh, in the division. Um, So, before he got hurt though, I think we all watched that Buccaneers-Cowboys game on Sunday Night Football. And holy crap, they they looked terrible in that game even before... Dak Prescott played most of that game. I believe he got hurt in the fourth quarter, but he didn't, he didn't, like Cooper Rush didn't play that long in that game. They were horrendous in that game. Just they everything that like you thought could, go, could possibly, like if you like made a list of the things that could possibly go wrong for that team, almost everything that you could possibly come up with went wrong in that game, offensively specifically, thought their defense was fine, I guess. Um, they played, they, you know, kind of, uh, tightened up whenever the Bucks got into the, into the red zone, but they gave up, you know, a lot of long drives offensively though, man, th- their line is a mess. Uh, the receivers, CD lamb had 11 targets and two catches in that game. Uh, Zeke yeah. Elliott, I thought looked He's okay, struggled. but his, his, um, his long rush in that game, seven yards. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like just everything about that team looked Just about as as bad as that week one for that team went about as bad as it could possibly. They also lost Connor McGovern, their starting left guard.
1: They lost. Well, their backup starting left guard in terms of like going into the season. Right. Even their first option.
2: Yeah. It would have been uh, uh, Tyler Smith playing left guard Mm -hmm. and uh, Tyron Smith playing left Mm -hmm. tackle. So um, I guess Tyron Smith played or Tyler Smith played left tackle. Connor McGovern played left guard. He gets hurt. And now I guess you'll they'll move Tyler Smith back to left guard,
1: <laughs> and Jason Peters <laughs> will probably be up week two, I guess. Right. But but JP's going to get hurt. It's inevitable. <laughs> he's he's that, even if Jason Peters has his most healthy possible season, he could realistically have like he's going to miss snaps during the game for sure. you are going to have to switch in and out during the game. Like that's going to be a mess. Um, you weren't done, so I don't want to. No, get that's you off okay. Unless-
2: Matt Farniak, I believe, was the guy who came yep. in and and, and replaced. Uh, McGovern at left guard. They are just—they have no depth on their offensive line. Their receivers stink. Their quarterback, the, the, Cooper Rush, is not even a legit backup. He's not a legit number two in the NFL. They cut him. He wasn't even—he beat the Vikings last year, He, he wasn't even on the roster. Uh, like up until the, he was a, like a Saturday call-up for that game mm-hmm. uh, from the practice squad. The, he, the Cowboys only had one quarterback on their roster heading into you know that matchup i mean heading into the week whatever they called him up on sat- on saturday he was like this, in the same way that the eagles called up um uh no tangiai that was that was what the cowboys did with cooper rush in that game they could like that's how much they think about him they didn't they couldn't care less if some other team <laughs> poached him off their practice squad or just signed him when they cut him at 53 man cutdowns and that's what their new starting quarterback is going to be for like we said probably you know within the window of 6 to 8 weeks if the cowboys are stupid and they rush Dak back uh before he's ready to go i mean kind of like Russell Wilson did uh a year ago and Russell Wilson stunk for like a couple weeks when he was still dealing with uh the injury that on his, to his hand that wasn't fully healed Whew. the eagles now are like full on like clear I thought they were favorites in the NFC East to enter the season, but now there's no question. It's the Eagles are in tier one, and then everyone else is like a couple tiers below uh, them. And and the I'm, we're not even saying like the Eagles are some juggernaut team or anything like that. They're they're uh, they have a good team, probably somewhere in the ballpark of like. Third, fourth, fifth best in the NFC, depending on your optimism, pessimism about them. But in the NFC, there's a big gap between them and whoever you want to have next, whether it's the Commanders, Giants or Cowboys.
1: If the Eagles don't win the NFC East with the way things are trending at this point, yes. it'll be like pathetic. They get all time failure. It's terrible. And I don't think they I think they will win it just because uh because of how things are going elsewhere in the division. I would say the Commanders um, might I would maybe deserve to be in a tier two. And then I, and uh, Cowboys might be in, uh, and Giants might be in a similar tier. Although, I, th- I, don't I, know. I think I agree with that. Gi- uh, the Gi- I think Washington, sorry, go ahead. I think Washington, and we can get to this later, but I think Washington's going to be, they're going to be a tough team to play. I don't think like that's, those are going to be tough games for the Eagles, I think. Um, not, they're, they're winnable, but I don't think it's going to be like, eh, cakewalk. You know, you go in, you just dominate them. No, I think it's, those are going to be like legitimate, uh, competition. And then the Giants are, I think, are also going to be frisky. Um, I think they're kind of last year's lions and that they're going to play above their talent level a little bit and be a little bit more annoying than you would ideally like them to be. Um, I, I, the Cowboys are in a bad way. <laughs> All They had a, such a bad vibes offseason and uh, losing Amari Cooper was a huge deal. Remember remember how Dak looked once upon a time? I guess it was early in that 2018 season. Before they traded season. for him, yeah. Yeah, before they traded for Amari Cooper. He did not look good. Yeah. And he loses him. And he also goes back to not looking that good. Not to say... Um, I, I don't think that game was, you know, like, if Dak stayed healthy, like representative fully of what he would be the rest of the season, it's on the lower end of his performance. But still, he was bad. He was he was picked one time and he should have been picked like three or four times in that game. He got very lucky with some drop picks in there. Um, So even if he does come back, <laughs> it's a throwing hand injury. That's yeah. the thing. It's not like, you know, some other thing that he has to tough out. It's like it's going to limit his capability of throwing the football well. So yeah, that's a that's a huge development for the Eagles. I was going through with RJ on the NFC East mixtape, like, so when when is the next game? The Cowboys win slash, like, what is their record going to be? <laughs> Let's say Dak misses the the eight weeks, like, and I think he had them at like two and something at that point. So well, yeah, their schedule Absolutely. coming up is uh,
2: they have the Bengals at home. We'll get to that later. Then they have then they're on the road against the Giants. They have the Commanders at home, at the Rams at the Eagles, and then this is right around, and then uh, uh, I'd say around this point, they could hope to get Dak back, maybe Lions at home, Bears at home, and then it gets bad. So like they, those are two games maybe they could win, but then it gets bad. They're at Packers, at Vikings. <laughs> like, so yeah, their, their schedule, they, the whole NFC East has an easy schedule on paper, but their schedule is hotter than the other two, of course, because they mm-hmm. have a first place schedule. Um, to the schedule point, the Giants have a legit chance of starting four and I mean, mm-hmm. they
1: have I think they are gonna start. 2-0.
2: They have two the, and They have the Panthers this week. And then they have the Cowboys and Bears weeks three and four. So it's, it's possible. I mean, they're a bad team too, so they could very well lose one of those games, of course, but or two with two games. They could lose all three, but like, you know, but uh they're they're set up to to, you know, kind of cash in on the momentum that they have from Big week one win
1: at Tennessee. And this will transition us into the Eagles stuff we want to get to here. Yeah. Uh, remaining in the first segment. But decent chance the Giants could be 2-0 and on top of the NFC East after week two. <laughs> right. Um, because there, for as much as there is to feel good about, and obviously there are things coming from the Eagles win, not loss. Although, wasn't that? Me? Did I say it on this pod? I said it on some pod that I had the like we predicted the Lions game and I I thought it might be something like of a moral loss for the Eagles and that's what I think it kind of ended up being uh-huh. in terms of it wasn't on this reaction. one I think um okay yeah I, maybe it was on the look ahead then but how um, many
2: podcasts do you do
1: <laughs> at least three a week Jimmy I do the mixtape okay I do BGN Radio here and then I do the look ahead where we I feel cheated on or something <laughs> I mean look um. The podcast machine content machine just keeps it keeps on rolling, it doesn't stop. <laughs> There's never an opportunity to stop. Uh, so the two big concerns heading into the season, mm-hmm. as you outlined, were, and everyone I think would unanimously agree, sure. were Jalen Hurts and Jonathan Gannon. Mm-hmm. So you wrote down here in your notes, Was Hurts good on Sunday? Why don't we start with the Jalen Hurts conversation? Because I think that's interesting. I think we feel differently about this, which I think is good, and I think. I think like the discourse as a whole this week has been interesting, right? Like, there's a lot of different takes I feel like out there about Jalen Hurts. I think there's some people who are like, "How could you possibly criticize him at all?" The Eagles won. He they, they won because of him. He was excellent running the ball, and I think I, I don't disagree with any of that. But my my critique, or not even necessarily critique, but what like holds me back from fully being like, "Yes, this was awesome. Let's go!" Like this team's ready to make a title run now. Like I, I feel like what does this mean in the bigger picture is this as encouraging to me as it was to others in the big picture apparently not um why don't you get into how you thought well about first is numbers 17 rushes 90 yards
2: uh and a touchdown as of past year, was 18 of 32 it's 56 percent, 243 no touchdowns no interceptions a lot of those were throwaways some of them were throwaways on actual run plays um but yeah, so I'm um, um, count me among the club that that believes he was a big reason that the Eagles won that game on Sunday, and it's mainly because he made plays with his legs. Um, I am also with you on the point that um, ultimately that's not how they're going to w- be able to win games sustain- sustainably throughout the season. Uh, the Lions blitz them a lot, and I think it was I think they were blitzed. The Lions blitzed more than any other team in the NFL. Do I have that right? There's almost It was up there. Almost 50% of their defensive snaps were blitzes. So um, Hurts beat the blitz with his legs. <laughs> like he, you know, he, there wasn't a lot of, you know, getting the ball out to a hot read. Um, as soon as he saw the blitz, he he was, you know, re- he was kind of relying on his legs as a crutch. And it worked. He made a lot of big plays in that game with his legs but i don't know how sustainable that is against better teams that are going to do a better job tackling him first of all in the background uh back back backfield excuse me uh when they have uh you know free runs at him uh he made a lot of guys miss and he made a lot like he got a lot of first downs on third and longs and such um and kept drives alive and hell they put up 31 points on offense in addition to the defensive touchdown that they got so it's hard to you know look at that performance and not acknowledge that he played really well in that game. But mm-hmm. <laughs> the big, but there is at some point, you you're going to a big, but at some point you're going to, you're going to need to see him beat uh, teams with his arm uh, in, instead of his legs. Um, and then the other thing too, is he took a lot of hits in that game. Obviously you, you yeah. run the ball 17 times. And it's not just like is he going to get hurt and then we don't have him and we got to play Gardner Minshew. Just as big a concern to me is it, does he get nicked up and then his ability as a runner isn't there exactly. anymore, or he takes a hit to his shoulder or something like that and he can't throw as which, well because we which saw, late we last saw year. that last year with his ankle injury, he couldn't run last year and he was very um, it, it was it was a lot easier for defenses to to defend him. Um, so yeah, I mean. You look at this week one game and he was very good. I think all the all his teammates feel like he played really well and was a major reason they won that game and I couldn't possibly agree more with that. But uh, I do Same. also agree with the quibbles um about sort of the aesthetics of uh how it looked in that game where um he he ran around a lot and I don't know what a snap to throw time was, but I imagine it was you probably it sounds like it looks the look on your face says that you know.
1: I looked that up. I think it was like the third uh, slowest or fourth slowest somewhere around there. Yeah.
2: So it was probably right in line with what he was around last year in terms of his snap right. to throw time. Um but yeah, he he you'd like to see him, you know, you'd like to see especially on a, on a day where they're just blitzing over and over and over again, you'd like to see him get, and there was a lot of batted passes at the line too. So I think maybe if some of those had gotten through, we'd be maybe, maybe our perception of, of him beating the blitz with his arm might be a little bit different. So, um, you know, there's some, there's some, uh, you know, a lot of unluckiness. I don't know if that's a word in terms of um, the way that he was trying to get the ball out in some occasions when they brought the blitz, but it just didn't get through the line. But um, yeah, so it's, it's a, it's a, it was a fun game to sort of dissect of his because hmm. there is gray area in terms of the actual performance and and uh, what I think he needs to be uh, throughout the entirety of the season. But um, yeah, he played really well. Uh, I gave him a stock up in my in my uh, ten awards uh, after the game uh because he just he he played like he played better than most of the quarterbacks did week one. And I think that's very encouraging. It's just you'd like to see him take uh, a little bit more of a step forward on, um, you know, some of the,
1: some of the, some of his deficiencies. And he made some really good throws, you know, the. Right, the A.J. Brown. Ball For down the sure. A.J. Yeah. Brown, the other one on a slant. Like, it's just, I I, I have a such a tough time talking about it. Cause I, feel, <laughs> I feel like if I'm not seeing Jalen Hurts' praises and being like, that was an absolute, that was awesome. And I feel great now. Again, I'm like, I'm a hater. I, that's what I get labeled as. But. Um, I genuinely don't feel amazing. And I, I don't feel like I don't walk out of that performance feeling like this is great. Like I've I've my all of my questions and, and skepticism has been answered. Like I don't I don't genuinely do not feel that way. And I think there's some like question of how much are you willing to admit you're wrong. I'm gladly willing to admit I'm wrong if I'm wrong. But like I, I don't really feel like I was proved wrong by this. That's that's a tough thing. I have a tough time reconciling reconciling and and maybe. I'm too entrenched or stubborn or whatever, but whatever. It doesn't, my opinion doesn't ultimately matter. I just I think that thanks for listening to the podcast, by the way. <laughs> um, uh I, it's just it's tough to talk about for me because I what's the ethos of this podcast, maybe any podcast I do. a thing I say almost once an episode, if not more. More than one thing can be true. You're talking about, yes, Jalen Hurts was a win because of quarterback against the Lions, and that's very important. We need to see more of that more win because of Jalen Hurts if he's going to get this contract extension because you're you're going to need your quarterback to win games for you when he's making you know, buku bucks like it, when he's not on his rookie contract he can't just be along for the ride um, so that's good but somehow he was like a win because of quarterback in a way that I just don't know is repeatable sustainable uh, especially when it comes to beating playoff caliber teams, like really good teams that's something that uh, our good friend Ben Solak was saying to Shio Kapadia on the uh, the Philly Special podcast, the recap they had earlier in the week. Like, I was trying to check myself after the game. Like, am I being too harsh? on Hertz? Like, am I missing something here? And sure enough, Solak was talking about like the same kind of thing. Like, he's not feeling super encouraged. He's like, this is this is too much of what I saw against the Bucks. Ultimately, like, this does not change. This does not make me feel like, oh, if you replayed that game against the Bucks now. But like last year, um, like Jalen Hurts is like way advanced and and you're going to beat him that time. I also asked a Lions fan, um, my good friend Alex Reno from Pride of Detroit, like, what was your honest assessment of Jalen Hurts performance? How did you feel about him from like as an opponent? And he was like, he did some things to hurt us, but I wasn't like, you know, like shaking in my boots because of him. Um, and, you know, it's just one opinion, but that kind of got me thinking to a bigger picture, too. And and I think where I kind of maybe I am harsher on Hurts. Because I like, I think the what you want, especially as a fan, is like you want a quarterback that teams are going to be scared of. And like, oh, I wish I had that guy. And like I just I wonder, is like, is Hertz really that guy? Because Eagle Sands, it's like a weird disparity where I think Eagle fans are on the one side, like, we love this guy. And and there's a lot of reasons to love Jalen Hurts. His teammates love him. You saw the Speeds, I'm sure. Uh if you didn't, you should, Jimmy, uh, in the locker room after the game. Great leader. We I actually we did not watch that yet. Well, it's good. Like all the intangibles, it's all there. Like you, you get why you get it. You get why people love him, but like, it's just that weird thing where, okay, you're loving him as much as some other teams or fans of other teams are loving their quarterback. Let's just say, you know, your Herbert, for example, or whoever, but like those other fans, are not it's not like other fans I think I, mean, I could be, be wrong Are like clamoring oh I wish we had Jalen Hurts like he's like he's a stud. you know like, he's he's amazing like, I don't think you're getting that and maybe we get to that point this season I think the Eagles hope that I would like to see that I just I don't know I still won't know and that's so I do you know the winners losers I don't know calm you put Jalen Hurts stocked up I, I put him in the I don't know category because I don't know like how I feel about him after that game I don't know how to feel yeah, so for me, <clears throat> um
2: I think a, a winning formula could be um, you know, Jalen Hurts just making enough plays with his arm and his legs throughout the course of a game, <clears throat> excuse me, while also not making big mistakes. And I think another thing that he didn't that he that he did in that game was that he didn't even come close. Uh, to making a big mistake in that game, no fumbles, of yes. course, and then there was nothing even close to like a near interception. So that's a big check mark in his favor as well. My concern would be, did the Lions just not have good players <laughs> on defense? And I don't think they do. Um, Aiden Hutchinson was uh, was a, a. If I were a Lions fan, I'd be disappointed in in his debut. Of course, he's going up against Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata, and he rushed from the inside a little bit. Um, those guys on the interior for the Eagles are good too. But I'd be disappointed with what I saw from him. Their corners aren't good. Their linebackers are terrible. So does Jalen Hurts get away with a lot of the things that he got away with in this game uh, against a, a defense that has actual good players? So that's my concern there. A uh, defense
1: too, Jimmy, that I'll point out really quickly that prior to the game, uh, Mike Payton from Pride of Detroit, like I did a Q&A exchange with him, like mm-hmm. I do it with the opposing blog all week. And the quote that I used to like promote that article on my Twitter um from him was like uh let me find it here it was something to the effect of like this team cannot defend mobile quarterbacks so like that was the expectation going <laughs> right, in that they're right, really right. bad against running quarterbacks
2: yeah so again getting back to that formula if you can just make an like enough big pl- this was kind of like the randall cunningham formula back and this is your, your this is a little bit before your time um but randall cunningham like they just needed him to make enough big plays, either with his arm or his legs, and they had a really good roster around him, particularly on defense. And if he did enough, <laughs> which maybe the Eagles don't have right now, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, if 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 he just did enough offensively, they're going to win a, a crap ton of games. And it just didn't work out because he got hurt or whatever. But um, if Jalen Hurts can just make enough plays and not turn it over, and this the rest of this team lives up to expectations. I think they certainly did offensively. Like I, I think the offensive line has gotten some weird hate from this game. Uh, Agree. They, I thought they played really well. I mean, of course guys are going to get free runs when they send more guys than you can block. I mean, like, like if they're sending seven and you only have six in the block, somebody's going to come free. It's just, you know, hold on. Yep. Math checks out that, that, uh, (laughs) somebody will probably get free if you send more than they can block. Um, the obviously AJ Brown is a star. I think he's the best player the Eagles have had since, the best wide receiver the Eagles have had since Terrell Owens. We didn't see anything out of Devontae. I mean, he's Smith. up there with player though, probably. But the, yeah, player. maybe for sure. He's up yeah. there. Um, <clears throat> but the line I, I thought looked good. Dallas Goddard looked good. AJ Brown looked good. We'll get some, we'll get more out of uh, the Eagles. will get more out of Devontae Smith as, as the season co- goes along. Obviously, some guys on defense made plays. Um, we'll get to sort of uh, what they kind of did overall but i think that that formula is sustainable don't turn it over make enough plays and the the really good roster around you can kind of i don't i don't want to say carry jalen hurts because i think jalen hurts was like we said a big reason that they won this game but uh the the two of those things working together can ultimately result in a lot of wins and in the nfc there's really nothing in terms of like a juggernaut i think the closest team that, that that you that you know, is you could look at and go, okay, they're really good. It's Tampa. And then beyond them, not much. I mean, there just really isn't much out there that, that, uh, it's after week one anyway, you look at and you go, okay, that team is definitively better than the Eagles.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, maybe their opponent this week, but before yeah, we right, get into right. that, yeah. Um, Gannon, <clears throat> we had to talk about Jonathan, Ga- Johnny Gans, as I think she all likes to call him. Um, <laughs> just, I, I don't know what to say because, it's just, yeah, this is this is not surprising at a level of, of, like, this defense still can be described to me by one word, and that is toothless. It is such a toothless defense. Yeah. There's just no teeth on this defense. It is, see, this is why I'm frustrated, because there was all this talk in the offseason about, oh, there's better players now, so the defense is going to be better. And maybe it will be over the course of the season. But that's not the bar you should be measuring it against. It's not about like better than last year progress. No, it should be not like not only thing. It should be about maximizing your talent. Jonathan Gannon, as we've said many times here, did not maximize the Eagles talent last year. So why, with better players, is he just going to magically maximize that talent? You know what I mean? Like if you're not maximizing the previous talent, you got better players and now you are going to do it with that. So very much have to prove that. I mean, this defense was leaky. They had a nice little sequence there, obviously, where. They had the Lions to three, three and outs. And mm-hmm. then on the fourth drive, they had the pick six. So it wasn't, you know, like uh, a total disaster by any means. But they give up the what? The second highest scoring performance of week one, only behind the Chiefs. Yeah. Well, and and themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So it's just like, what? Oh, no, what I guess. No, I guess
2: the Lions had more points than the Eagles.
1: And uh, then the, Eagles the, the offense. Lions offense yeah. outscored. Yeah. the Eagles offense. Yeah. Yes.
0: Hmm.
1: What? What is this? Like, it's just it feels like the Eagles to me. Are like wasting time in a way. maybe Gannon, Gannon turns it around, but why would you have any why would you why would you believe that? What are you pointing to that believes Jonathan Gannon is going to get this right? The only thing you can say is like well, he comes off smart in press conferences or whatever he seems like a bright guy. okay, where are the results? Where are the results? Where are the results that you can point to? How could you possibly have any faith that he is going to go out against any kind of quality quarterback? which Jared Goff I w- isn't even that kind of player and Jared Goff didn't even play well on Sunday against yeah, the Lions. Missed, missed and they still throws. third fourth. He they, missed he missed throws. Lions had like six they had a lot drops. Of drops. Yeah. <laughs> like and they still put up 35 points. They scored they scored touchdown after so after, I feel like it almost sounded like very Seinfeld here. They scored 35 points. <laughs> um uh, but what's the deal uh, what? with Jared Goff? What's the deal with Jonathan Cannon? Uh they had Lions had what four offensive drives in the second half Score touchdowns on three of them. The one they did not score a touchdown on was the was the was the one where it was like third and three, and Frank Ragnall snaps the ball to like wide and low oh, of Jared right Goff. He has to pick it up. He drops his eyes, and then he gets sacked by Brandon Graham. That was the one drive yeah. the Lions didn't did not score a touchdown on. Like they got a gift fumble play where that like that helped them stop the drive. That's the like, it's just so pathetic, man. Yeah. So the apologists are going to go. Uh, well, they missed like
2: the 15 tackles and it's sure. certainly e- e- the Eagles. I mean, obviously they have to tackle better. 15 tackles. Was it 15? Is that the number that, that has been I kind think of thrown so. around I think there?
1: PFF had them down for Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I guess we'll just, use, felt like, we'll just use that. It felt like 15 tackles. They missed a lot of
2: tackles is the bottom line. And, uh, they're not. That's not sustainable. Obviously, if they miss anywhere near that that number of tackles uh, in games going forward, most teams are going to do a better job taking advantage. of them. DeAndre Swift, by the way, looks very good. They got gashed in the run game beyond the missed tackles. Like the run fits in that game, just there were missed assignments all over the place and there are giant holes. And DeAndre Swift took advantage of them, and he's a good player. And they're going to face another very good running back, of course, in week two in Dalvin Cook. They have to get their run fits cleaned up. They got to get their tackling cleaned up. And I don't think that you can just say run fits and tackling and go, that's the plets on the players. No, it's also, both of those things are also on the defensive coordinator because the Gannon was asked, and maybe this isn't, maybe this is a higher up even than Gannon, um, you know, maybe where you place the blame, but he was asked if he felt that the Eagles uh you know, train light like training camp and and you know not playing guys in the preseason. And again, I, to to be clear, I agree with the strategy of Same. making sure the guys are healthy. Like that's more important uh for week right. one for me than than you know maybe knocking off Rust or whatever, especially when you're playing a a, a perceived bad team uh like mm. the Detroit Lions. Um but he was like, no, oh. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that had anything to do with it. Because of well, course he's
1: gonna say that, you know, of course he's gonna say that, but yeah. to, to that point, I think it's fair to acknowledge there is downside. Like it's yes. not like like anything in life, there's gonna be pros and cons. Yes. And I think the pros outweigh the cons, but the cons still exist and it's okay to acknowledge they're there.
2: Yeah. So I think there was Russ getting knocked off in terms of the run fits and and certainly the tackling. And who knows how long that'll last. I mean, uh, ideally they'll go out and they'll tackle a lot better and they'll and they'll play, you know, better assignment football in the run game, uh, against the Vikings week two, but it was bad week one, and how many rushing yards did they give up? Was it was was it over two? Like DeAndre Swift had, what did he get, like one?
1: Swift averaged nine point six yards per carry, yeah, which is an insane number, <laughs> It's like a college level number. And they um, were they
2: were mean. outstanding against the run last year. The Eagles, for the most part, particularly you know down the, the, in the back half of the season, um, yeah, they it was. And I was actually kind of coincided with when their rushing offense really took off is when their rush defense also started playing really well uh as well. So um yeah, there's there's tackling, there's the run fits, there's uh they had opportunities to to force turnovers that they didn't capitalize on like Darius Slay dropped an interception. There's an there's another job to pick too. I forget I forget who had that.
1: Do Chauncey I- Gardner Johnson and Marcus Epps had kind of they were in like okay. the same spot at one point. they had ranged over and I think more on CJ GJ who couldn't come up with it.
2: So ideally you'll, you know, they'll they'll do a better job of taking advantage of those opportunities. We see drop picks all across the league. So um, yeah. Anyway, I, I'm with you. Like I, I think that uh, for, for me, we saw last year how badly it all went for, you know, the Eagles defense, whenever they played any kind of competent quarterback whatsoever, you know, giving up eighty percent completion percentage to five different quarterbacks is just atrocious, frankly. And I think that you know, you know this year the this is not what people wanted to. This is not what Eagles fans wanted to see. Week one, beyond just giving up thirty five points, just the passiveness uh, of of the defense was concerning. Toothless, I think, is a great word to use by you. Um, Milk toast is sort of <laughs> Maybe what I would kind of <laughs> go with uh, As 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 a as a supplementary Adjective uh, to your toothless A couple guys made plays Like Marlon Tui Pelotu dusted Their right guard and got a nice hit On oh, Jared yeah. Goff which led to The Kaiser White tip which led To the James Brad- uh, Bradbury interception Pick six so there Were some plays that guys made But I don't think that The defensive coordinator is putting his players in the best position to go out and maximize their talents, as you said. And it's a big concern
1: for me, uh, you know, looking forward. Same. And to me, um, it's not like there's a single issue, right? It's not like, okay, this one quarterback Mm -hmm. is really cornerback is really terrible and like he's the weak point and it's maybe you replace him and everything is good. No, there's issues across the board. Too many missed tackles, drive, extending penalties. Fletcher Cox had one on third and eight that turned uh, into a third and three. Mm -hmm. There was the CJGJ penalty late in the game, which may have been a little iffy, but it still extended a drive. Um, There was the questionable personnel decisions. We haven't even talked about the potential misuse of Jordan Davis, who didn't play, who played the fifth most snaps of any Eagles defensive tackle. Um, The pass rush. I think the defensive line absolutely takes some blame for that. But at the end of the day, too. Gannon's the defensive coordinator. He saw a unit last season that didn't produce sacks enough. Like, he takes some level of responsibility for that at, at, some, at some way. Um, like, find a way to scheme up pressure at some point if you're getting none. And then just the general toothless style of defense. Like, all this together, to me, you can't just look at that and be like, oh, you know, missed tackles are the only issue. You clean those up. No. Like, there's a lot of issues across the board. And guess who's in charge for the defense across the board? The guy who coordinates it. So... Uh, I'm not saying firing him right this moment, but like, there should be heat on him. There's there's precedent, by the way, for
2: an in-season defensive coordinator firing. In uh, I just wrote about this this morning. In 2012, uh, excuse me, 2012. Yeah, um, Juan Castillo got axed. Of course, we remember the 2012 season is the one that got Andy Reid fired. They were four and twelve. He got fired when they were three and three. Andy fired Juan Castillo when they were only three and three. And it's like, you look at the box scores, of the you look at the scores of the games that led up to that and they aren't terrible. Like they're, they're they gave up 16 the week before he got fired. They gave up, I think it was 26, 23 loss in overtime. I think it was also to the lines, by the way, um, week six before he got fired. That was pretty clear that he had to go. <laughs> like, like he, Juan Castillo was kind of in over his head as a defensive coordinator. And I think it was clear to a lot of people that he probably should go. We're not there yet with Jonathan Gannon, but after six or seven games, if we don't see pretty big improvements and they lose to some teams that maybe um, are if they lose to some, you know, clearly less talented teams and the defense is the reason why I do wonder how patient they'll be with uh, sticking with him if uh I, I don't think it's a non-zero chance that that he's fired in season i and to be clear my original thought on that was like no way they're going to fire him in season in you know a year where they're potential super bowl contenders um and he's not a bad guy like i think he's well liked within the building sure. and i think it's easier to fire people when you know you're, you're not you're a jerks. good guy when you are a jerk so, and he's not that But at some point, I think actually the, 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 the fact that not fact, but the, the notion that you maybe think you are a Super Bowl contender would be the reason to do it. Like it's like, if, if, if after six, seven, eight games, it's just not working and you're losing to teams that you clearly should beat. I think that should be on the table. We're not there yet. Like, I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying that, that, uh, he should be canned anytime soon. I think we need to see more. But I think that seat should be a little bit warm right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it goes to what I said at the top of this Gannon conversation. Like, I feel like they might be wasting time with him. You know, like, oh, don't worry. This is going to be some great thing. Like at some point, the results aren't there. And you have to pull the plug because you're just You could be wasting a Super Bowl contender with like this foo foo garbage defense. Uh and I think it's it's possible. I can't say with Confidence because he's an unknown, but I think it's possible that Denard Wilson in house could be like you know, an upgrade. <laughs> I, I don't know if these radically different ideas, maybe it would be more of the same. I don't, it's an unknown. He would, but so some, he would
2: basically, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, I, I remember uh, during the senior bowl, uh, I was I can't, I don't know if I'm allowed to say who I talk, <laughs> I was talking with, but uh, basically, the the idea would be that Denard Wilson would run a similar. If like he did get if he did get this is before uh, Jonathan Gannon didn't get any of the head coaching jobs or or those head coaching jobs hadn't been filled yet. So he was still uh, in play to be a head coach. Uh, The idea was that the Eagles probably would have promoted from within if he left to get a head coaching job and the guy probably would have been denard wilson and if denard wilson had been promoted to the defensive coordinator job the basic structure of the defense would remain the same uh he might have his own sort of flair or ideas mm-hmm. or whatever but the basic structure of the defense would remain the same so i do think that would be a workable situation where like if, if they brought him in and he wanted to run something completely different then that that could be an issue but i don't think that would be the issue if if, if they did make some yeah. kind of move like that
1: it's not like they're hiring Vic Fangio during the season. Yeah. Although, again, he, he was around. <laughs> I tweeted that on, during Sunday's game. It was in it was Miami. He was around. I know <laughs> <laughs> he came. To, he was around a lot this off season. So very interesting to follow along there. All right, we'll see if the defense turns it around soon. Great. And then you know it's a totally different conversation. But like, the pressure is on to do that. Like this. This can't just last for like you know five more games, six more games. Keep getting no. Like this needs to get fixed and fast all right what do you, what do, what do you think about
2: denard wilson when uh he spoke by the way
1: back oh in very impressive camp. yeah and that i mean ganon's also fairly impressive so it doesn't you know i don't know what to make of that yeah. entirely but for what it's worth i it didn't he didn't seem like you know like an income poop up there like he didn't seem like in over his head or kind of like uninsp- he didn't seem like pat Shermer, just for example like someone who's like totally speaking of milk toast and, and uh, uninspiring so
2: oh we have some breaking news here oh the eagles have signed. Tackle Jared Williams to their practice squad.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Big Jared he's back. He was part of their cut downs too. I think um, 85. No. Yeah. Yeah. 85 to 80 down in Miami. Okay. He
2: got cut before training camp started. And And that too.
1: Yes. So. All right. All right. We've gone long. We'll take a break here. But not before we quickly, just very quickly hear about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which you can get once again by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN20. I cannot stress enough that if you're ever going to try it out, if you've ever been on the fence or you just skip through these ads or ignore me, don't do that. Now is the time to try it. BGN20 at RighteousFelon.com. You get 20% off before it goes back down to BGN15 once October starts. So go do it right now. Back after this. Back here on BGN Radio. Jimmy, it's time to get into Eagles versus Vikings Week 2 Monday Night Football matchup. You have written down here on the show notes, a little peek behind the curtain, a little inside baseball, inside BGN Radio, if you will. Uh, Usually Jimmy and I take turns writing the show notes each week. I basically did that for last week, so he did this week. So I'm just reading off of his show notes and what he has written down here is the Vikings might be good. Impressive week one over Green Bay. Yeah. um, I kind of, they kind of flew under the radar,
2: (laughs) you know, heading into this season. I think you can look at their roster and go, okay, well, they have good this and good that and whatever, uh, particularly skill position players. But I don't know that anyone kind of had them as, I think uh, when you look at the Vikings, people kind of had them as borderline, you know, could get like a seven seed in the NFC uh, or just miss the playoffs or whatever. They're they're sort of in that tier within the conference. And I think they're a lot better than that. I think this is a team that is uh, ultimately going to be in the playoffs this year. And they have a lot of weapons. I mean, you look at that offense, they have um, Justin Jefferson. I don't know if anyone's heard of him before, but he had, this is a guy, Justin Jefferson, little known fact in the 2020 NFL draft. The Eagles could have selected him with the 21st overall pick. Is that true? It's true. He was there. They could have taken him. But instead, they took uh, a fellow by the name of Jalen Rager, who they hmm. thought was uh, sort of the outside speed guy that was missing from their offense. They thought Justin Jefferson was more of a high-volume slot receiver, uh, which didn't fit with with uh, their offense at in that moment. And so they drafted the traits that they felt they needed in Jalen Rager, and they passed on Justin Jefferson. And as it turned out, Justin Jefferson had 3,000-plus yards uh, over his first two seasons combined in the NFL. It's crazy. 3,000-plus yards in his first two seasons. It's crazy how good he is. Um, But they have him, of course. They have Adam Thielen, uh, who's not as good as he used to be, but still a competent, like, you know, um, possession receiver type guy. K.J. Osborne's a good receiver. And, of course, you have Dalvin Cook, who is a phenomenal uh, running back when he's healthy and Alexander Madison, who is a very good number two, Kirk cousins, of course, um, of the, of amazing stats, but ultimately you probably don't want to measure quarterback fame. And then their offensive line, which for years has sort of been their kryptonite, but I kind of like where they're going with that group because they've spent a ton of draft capital uh, on their offensive line. And they actually have had had a bunch of busts uh, along the way, but their offensive line now seems to be you know, kind of in good shape uh, moving forward. All fi- Four of their five guys, all five of them they drafted, first of all, and all five of their guys they drafted either in the first or second rounds. Uh, only one of them, Brian O'Neill, the right tackle, is not currently on his rookie contract. But from left to right, it's Christian Darasol. Oh, who's the left guard? Right. The the center is Garrett Bradbury. The right guard is Ed Ingram, a rookie from LSU. I forget who their their left guard is. Doesn't matter. They uh they're kind of heading in the right direction with that. Ezra they, Cleveland. Ezra Cleveland. Yes. Thank you. Um, you can see why I couldn't think of that name. <laughs> anyway, uh, they're heading in the right direction with their offensive line. I think they still have a little ways to go before those guys become good. Um, uh, because they're all very. It's a. It's. A, I think their average age is like twenty four point eight so it's a young group it's it's a group that's probably going to have some um you know growing pains along the way but they're heading in the right direction with with that offensive line when previously you could just look at their offensive line and go their offensive line stinks and it's going to be the reason why they don't do anything either in the regular season or if they make the playoffs they're going to be a quick exit but i don't know that that's the case anymore with this team so they're really heading in the right direction uh we'll get to the defense in a minute but this is a huge Huge t- challenge for the Eagles defensively, looking as bad as they did uh, week one against yeah, the Lions have some nice things like they have a good offensive line. Their slot receiver, Amon, St., uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is is a good slot receiver. DeAndre Swift, I think we all saw, is a very good running back, but their personnel is not anywhere near the same level as what the Vikings bring to the table. Um, it's a it's a very it's a very good, uh, explosive offense that can win in a number of different ways. They can move the chains. They can get big plays. And uh it
1: could be rough
2: <laughs> on Monday night if uh they play the same way they did week one.
1: Not to oversimplify it, but again, that's Jonathan Gannon going up against a quarterback who I am ne- never been the biggest Kirk Cousins guy. But because Kirk Cousins historically does have success against the Eagles and okay that doesn't necessarily matter in the sense of players have and, and defensive coordinators and a lot and teams whatever a lot of different things have changed but again why, why would you have faith in Jonathan Gannon like being able to shut him down and when it comes to Justin Jefferson like I know the Eagles have good corners Just, that doesn't matter Justin Jefferson's on a different level no yeah. one can cover him it's it's it feels like it seems crazy to say but I mean as soon as like year one, Justin Jefferson was already on like a Hall of Fame kind of trajectory. Like, like, and, and he still is. Like, he, like, he, if he continues to do this at this pace, which is no guarantee, the NFL is tough, injuries, all that. But the pace he is on is that kind of level. He's a very special player. He's gonna get his nine for one eighty
2: four de- and two in in week one. By the way, against Green, Bay. against a very good Green Bay, not only defense but secondary with Jair Alexander, Brazil, Douglas, and all those guys. So anyway, sorry.
1: And then Dalvin Cook. I mean, I, I saw some people after, because during the Eagles, uh, or sorry, during the Packers-Vikings game last week, I, I tweeted out like over-under for Justin Deverson receiving yards in week two. And I saw some responses to that. were like, well, I'm more worried about Dalvin Cook. I'm like, okay, I get that the run <laughs> defense struggled yeah. against the Lions, but also like, quarterback and the wide receiver are, are very different than what the Eagles defense was going up against in Detroit. So... Uh, I I would kind of be concerned about Justin Jefferson quite a bit, actually. What was your and over-under and, you know, on that? Uh, no, I didn't set it. I oh, asked oh, people oh, okay, like, gotcha. to set it okay. for me. Like, I, was, I was curious what people would say. Um, I guess I would set it at like 155. You think that's fair? <laughs> that's probably a little high. I mean, that's what I mean, is that what A.J. Brown just got? He yeah, could do yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he could do it. Um and then like the rest of what they like Adam Thielen isn't what he used to be, but as far as like a number two option Mm -hmm. goes, I mean you'll you'll sign up for that. Move the chains. And then you have Jalen Rager who's out for revenge, apparently. (laughs) I don't I don't fully know what to make of that tweet because I didn't see a quote attached to that. And I don't know how much of that might have been kind of taken out of context. I want to be fair to Jalen Rager here. But any kind of notion that like he could there's no scenario where he can even get revenge against the Eagles. Like what is the revenge for? Like drafting him high and then giving him two seasons of a chance to be a starter. Like <laughs> what, what, what did the Eagle, how did the Eagles wrong him? <laughs> what did they do to, they gave him every chance. They also, I thought, did him a solid by trading him. Yeah. They could have kept him here sure. and, and let him burn away on the bench. as like a fifth uh, option slash part returner. They gave him more of a chance to, you know, give a fresh start. There's no need for revenge. That's it's very silly. I'd like to mean.
2: see that awesome. exchange too. That sounds like one of those things where like somebody asks, is yes. there like, would you, would you, would you like to get revenge on the Eagles? And of right. course he's going to like another way that question could be phrased was, do you, would you like to play well week two? Yeah. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> what's he going to say? No, I want to, I want to fumble a punt and uh lose the game for my new team.
1: I think we need more players who are sarcastic like that. Cause so that would be not all the time, but you know, you pick their spots. That could be funny. Actually, if they're, really if they're good at it, this week, yeah. yeah. Like in a lighthearted way, not like a very, like, yeah. you know, persnickety, um, anyway yeah so it's a you know i just (laughs) to rehash the the gannon conversation like what what do you feel good about what do you feel really good about maybe the defensive line maybe Gannon adjusts. maybe there's more jordan davis involved not that i think that jordan davis is like the magical uh like elixir to the eagles run defense but he should be in there more like 22 snaps is low and again he's playing the fifth fewest snaps of any defensive tackle like I feel like we can see a little bit more than that.
2: I wonder if they had a, you know, like a specific role for him, kind of carved out in that game, and they didn't. They wanted him to sort of just adhere to that one role and focus on doing that one thing, which, of course, was obvious rundown situations, um, plugging up the middle or whatever. Um, I, I was less b- b- bothered by his snap count, I think, than than most. Um, he's a rookie and week one he'll get more snaps as the season goes along i, I think that becomes more of a concern if, he, if it becomes more of a pattern but yeah if he's averaging 22 snaps per game uh over the course of the season and you spent the resources that you did to go up and get that guy then yeah i think that would be highly disappointing
1: well i think at a basic level like your run defense is struggling you have jordan davis mm-hmm. maybe he should be playing a little bit well he has a very like, basic i know it's more complicated than yeah. that Ultimately, but sometimes i think this defensive coordinator overcomplicates things and overthinks things instead of just like good player put him on the field let's figure it out.
2: The one thing I will defend Gannon on, maybe not Gannon, but the one thing I will def- in defense of of that argument is they got a lot of their runs on obvious passing down situations, Um a lot of their a lot of big gains on obvious passing down situations in the in the run game. I mean, whereas I think there were a lot of times where in obvious run situations the Eagles did, you know, they they played better. Uh, then the stats I think would, would, would indicate,
1: uh, anyway, uh, where were we with the Vikings? I just think that <laughs> we both think that we'll believe they can limit slash stop this Vikings defense when we see it. Yeah, I mean, there's any, any, any competent offense. Yes. Any competent there's passing offense. No reason to give them the benefit of the doubt. The best you can say, like reasonably, is like okay, maybe they can limit the damage. Maybe they can get it like a turnover or two, and they make the game winnable for the offense. Like that's the kind of low bar I feel like you're kind of expecting right now. Why don't we flip it over to the Eagles' defense versus the Viking? Or right now, sorry, the Eagles' offense versus the Vikings' defense, and obviously you can have much more confidence in this unit. Um, although, you know, I, I guess if you're the Vikings, aren't you? Less. So I, I think the book on the Vikings is like a lot of simulated pressure as opposed to, you know, like blitzing like the Lions did against Dylan Hurts. And why why would you blitz Dylan Hurts a lot if you just looked at that Lions game? Like, do you want that happening to you again? Um, I would think they're going to not try to let him <laughs> run all over the field. I think they are um, gonna blitz him a lot, because I think the blitzes were actually okay. I think they're the
2: blitzes were actually effective. It's just the Lions didn't finish um when they we're able get to them, get free yeah. and the the Vikings will probably think, well, we have better players than the lions and we'll be able to finish those plays. Um, but what the, what the Vikings have going for them, their, their best feature on defense is the two stud edge rushers in Daniil Hunter and, um, Zedaria Smith. And both of those guys have had injuries the last few years, but when they have played, they have been awesome. Like Daniel Hunter, I hold on, let me find this real quick. Okay, so Hunter, when he's played like last 40 games, so he's played 40 games since 2018, 36 sacks in those 40 games. So he's averaging just under one sack per game. Of course, if you want to look at like a 16 game, 17 game season, he's, you know, going to get like 15, 16 sacks. Uh, Zadarius Smith. 34 games since he originally signed uh, in Green Bay in 2019. He signed, of course, with the Vikings this offseason. But um, in those in 34 games since, since 2019, 27 sacks. So, again, we're talking about a guy that if he's playing 16, 17 games per season, he's going to have double-digit sacks. So those two guys are – and this is nothing new with the Vikings. The Vikings have always seemed to have, like, two good edge rushers, whether it's been – um Hunter and uh man, who did they have Everson before? Griffin. Everson Griffin is another one. Yeah. Um, they've always had a, you know, a really good Jared team. Allen, Jared Allen going, going way before that, <laughs> but they've always seemed to have like, there's two good edge rushers. And I, I think actually that's a matchup. That's fine for the Eagles because um, they have guys who in their own right, who can block, uh, you know, star edge rushers. Lane Johnson is um, if not, I mean, he's clearly the best right tackle in the NFL. Get out of here with this Tristan Wirfs nonsense. I think he's actually. Who's saying that? that I, like I think P. just FN the thing? general NFL uh, population mm-hmm. kind of puts Tristan Wirfs uh, ahead of. Well, Lane Tristan
1: Wirfs plays with a better quarterback, so that obviously <laughs> makes him a better right tackle.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think Lane Johnson is. Uh, I think Lane Johnson is one of the best offensive tackles, period, in the NFL. Maybe only behind like Trent Williams. Uh, another conversation for another day. Point is Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson are equipped to be able to block those guys. Um, of course, the Vikings have good players elsewhere. Harrison Smith, of course, yeah. is a good safety. All, all levels of the defense, really. Michael Kendricks, is, not Michael Kendricks, uh, Eric. Eric Kendricks. <laughs> Michael Kendricks. <laughs> Eric Kendricks, of course, has been a great linebacker in the in the NFL for a long time. The safety or the corners are maybe a little shaky. It's uh, mm. what Pat P and. Uh, Cameron Dansler Dancler and then uh and Sullivan. Ch- and Sullivan's a nice nickel player. Of of Eagle of past Eagles fame. Uh, nice career in Green Bay for him. Uh but yeah, so but I, I think their their corners are are uh they can expose that maybe gettable. If they can get good protection from the O line and I've no reason to believe that they shouldn't be able to do that. Um yeah I, I think that uh this this the Eagles should score points in this game. Uh, maybe looking at a shootout in this game uh, with the Vikings up. The Vikings only scored 23 points, though, against <laughs> against Green Bay last week, despite that amazing performance from, from Jefferson. And they actually beat him in a way that you wouldn't sort of perceive a Kirk Cousins game would kind of go like he was up near three seconds from snap to throw on average. And a lot of the big plays that they hit were slow developing routes down the field and if they want if they want to do that against the eagles the eagles out the defensive line with all the resources that they've put into that group particularly the interior and then even you know on the edge son Reddick was was a big uh, investment in, of theirs in free agency we all know what they've dumped into the interior offense defensive line with hargrave the free agent Fletcher cox is making 14 million this year they spent a lot of draft resources on jordan davis uh, Milton Williams, the third round pick, of course, those guys and Tui, we, we mentioned earlier, those guys have to create havoc on the interior of the line. And then the edge rush has to get home. Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick have to take advantage of, um, you know, uh, you know, if, if the if the Vikings are going to have these these long, these slow developing plays down the field, defensive line has to get home. There's just no way around it because the, the Packers didn't <laughs> oftentimes the, the, the Vikings got two big plays. Uh, with Jefferson running from the left side of the field on a on a deep like twenty yard you know down the field cross all the way across the field, you can't allow teams to do that in, in like today's NFL. You have to be able to get home uh, with your pass rush. And if the Eagles can't do that, then uh,
1: it could be a long day. Another player you forgot to mention, a former Eagle, Jordan Hicks, who oh big a, game uh, week one, big game. He led the team fourteen tackles. Every other player, no other player had uh, close to that. He, mm-hmm. The next closest player was seven. Not the tackles or everything, but nine of them were solo. He had one sack, he had a quarterback hit. I've always liked Jordan Hicks. Um, I'm not going to rehash the Eagles not resigning him. I thought that was a fine decision mm-hmm. given his injury history, but I've, I've liked him. I, I've always thought, I've like, I've bought into the personality of the player, and I think he was kind of a little bit underrated uh, here. But um, one area where the Vikings were exposed last week was the run game Uh, relatively smaller sample size not huge um, but the Packers had 18 carries for uh, 111 uh, 6.2 average and then one rushing touchdown the longest run was only 29 yards Um, but that's I think you know the Eagles are going to run the ball Aaron Jones was criminally underused in that game uh, according to the fantasy
2: football uh, community (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, he had five targets and five carries, so probably not, ideally, what you you're yeah. getting him only 10 touches, but uh, yeah, so I, I do expect uh, Miles Sanders, who's coming off a good game, I expect the Eagles to look to get him involved um, if they see an opportunity there. I think the run game for the Vikings might be a little bit more vulnerable than that past game, so not to say that Eagles aren't going to pass, they're absolutely going to pass when you have A.J. Brown yeah. in store, and also, uh, we didn't talk about this as a takeaway from the Viking or the Lions game earlier, but... I, I feel very confident that Devontae Smith is going to get some targets early in the yes. game because that was like it's been a big thing going around the Eagles' uh, awareness that he uh, had zero yard, and that was a that was like a fluky performance in Week One. In that, you know, he had a catch that was called back by Lane Johnson being too far down the field. Uh, it was a first down catch, and then there was the other play where he drew pass interference, but then he got wiped out by a mm-hmm. uh, penalty. I think again on the offensive line, so. You know, dropping that far as game. I, I don't think he drop. had. I don't think he had his best game. I think he would like to have no. some of those,
2: you know, t- target opportunities back. But sure, my level of concern with Devontae Smith going forward is right around zero. <laughs> like yeah. he's a good player and he's
1: going to make a lot of plays this year. It's one of the better <laughs> zero yard performances you'll see i feel like you know <laughs> if you like look at all the zero yard performances that'll be like, okay that's not a terrible one um so i do expect him to get more involved from a standpoint of also you're the vikings aren't you going to be like let's take aj brown away like let's make Devonte smith or someone else beat us like mm-hmm. if we're letting aj brown beat us, and he can he's still very capable of doing that but still it's like let's not let him do that as much as we can like let's let's try to make someone else go off in this game uh, one, one other note in this, in this matchup with special teams,
2: first of all, the Eagles, can they prioritize maybe getting a returner <laughs> like during the off season? returner? Either, either or.
1: So. I thought Covey was decent. Covey was fine as a punt returner. Fine. He had, he had the one good, what, 11 yard return. And then the other one, it was a fair catch. I think it might've been his first, like Zach Paschal was like about to like run into him. And he stayed composed. Oh, yeah. no, he, he, did a, he, he
2: did a good job fielding punts. No so, yeah. question. No question. Yeah. But at some point, don't you want to be a team that like opposing sure. teams go, oh, we got to we got to worry about that guy. And then, yeah, like a, a Sproles once upon a time. Yeah. And they're also the Lions week one. were just popping it up on kickoffs purposely, like purposely oh, not getting dude.
1: touchbacks. Dude, Quest cannot return <laughs> kicks for this team. I don't understand. Like, it's it's that's very weird to me. That he, I don't I don't think people remember this. Maybe you do. Quez was their kick returner for like I think the first eight games of last season. Basically, when they were bad, yeah. And they 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 took him off when they were on their winning streak, and then now he's back on. Like what is his this? production like, was bad last year for sure. There? yeah, it was like he's,
2: it, 17 yards per return or something like that. I think last year it was bad. Yeah. He,
1: he has great straight line speed. Obviously, if mm-hmm. he somehow finds a hole, he's capable of doing that. But he's not shifty at all, and he's not gonna like make a guy miss. See, it's I weird because like he
2: can him. like you look at like the way he plays in the regular offense, and I like Quez a lot actually as a receiver. So I don't mean to you know uh, sound su- super harsh on Quez, but you're right, like he's he's just not a good returner. He's, he's not he's got, sudden. He's got no. I think like kick. Re- I, I view kick returners as having you know, the ability to like run through contact, kind of have some yes. like bulk to them, uh, like bulk straight like the Vikings returner for example, Josh Cribbs, can, can a... Uh, in, I I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. N- N- Wu? <laughs> I, I K-E-N-E space Nwangwu,
1: K E N E space N W A N G W U. Yeah,
2: like that dude's a running back, and he's got some like heft to him, and he had two return touchdowns in uh as a rookie in 2021 on the, on kickoffs. Jake Elliott uh needs to be able to put the ball through the end zone in this matchup, and then on the flip side. Aaron Sipos has to make sure that Jalen Rager is fielding every punt. <laughs> that 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 whenever the Eagles have to punt, do not kick it near the sideline. Make I mean, right down the middle of the field if like if you have to, make him field punts yes. and uh, see if you can get a muff out Great of him. Point. Because as we have seen, it's an adventure when when Jalen Rager is fielding. And he was their punt returner week one. He had one return for seven yards, didn't play any snaps uh, in the regular offense, but he's their punt returner. And they have to give him the opportunity to give the Eagles' ball back.
1: Totally agree with that. All right, why don't we take another break here, Jimmy, before we get into our weekly picks against the spread, but not before we briefly hear about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and roachrealtors.com.
2: 856-906-9295 is where you can find Kristen Roach, who is actually on her way to a closing right now. Uh, Another another satisfied customer of Kristen Roach is going to, uh, I think it's a I think it's uh she's the seller in this case today. But another satisfied customer who has sold their house successfully with Kristen Roach. Again, 856-906-9295. If you are looking to buy or sell your home, Brandon. Back after this. <laughs> Kristen Rocha, Roach Tours, Roach Tours, Road Tours, Kristen Rocha, Roach Tours. She's the greatest.
0: 856 906
1: Back here on BGN Radio for a final segment. Normally, Jimmy, this would be the time where I talk about how we have the Bleeding green nation, same game parlay like we did last week. It did not hit last week. Um, the Eagles didn't cover. <laughs> and It was yeah. at three and a half. It was, like a, it was a lower spread. What were the three things again? It was three and a half. The Eagles had to cover. AJ Brown had to go over 69 and a half Checked. yards, which he very much did. Yeah. And then Dallas got her anytime touchdown, which he exactly. was like one oh, yard away that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. on that screen. Yeah. So like that was not it wasn't like a terrible it was close. Like it, I think that was from the state from the standpoint of we don't want to just obviously Jeff Kings at least doesn't want to just hand out like parlays that are parlays that are guaranteed to hit. But at the same time, you want to make them fair for the fans mm-hmm. and that they do have a chance of hitting. It was close. They missed by a half point covering and they missed by one yard. we got it scoring. So, you know, not bad. I feel like it was a good job by me setting up the parlay. I'll take credit for that.
2: We Uh, got one out of three, but it was a good job by me.
1: Well, I mean, it was close though. Both of those were very, very, very close. That was not like far fetched at all. And the AJ Brown one like went way over. Like that was a steal. I was like, 69 and a half yards. Of course he's gonna go over yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. We that saw was him clear. in training camp. Like yeah. that was obvious yeah. he was gonna go over that. He's gonna go over it he again, over too, that. by the way. And like what the first quarter? Or like, this, <laughs> like like that was easy. So um I did give you like a freebie. All right, now so this week we don't have it yet, still formulating it, but it will be up on the Bleeding Green Nation Twitter. That's at Bleeding Green and BGN Instagram story that's at bleeding green insta at some point. So make sure you follow those. If you do, then you'll be able to see when that parlay goes up. Every week of the season, we'll be cooking up our own same-game parlay, which we'll be talking about here normally at the beginning of the third segment as well at BGN Radio, uh, that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, the loyal BGN Radio listeners, to follow. Uh, so make sure you check it out on social for, so you'll see if uh, when it goes up. Uh, each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun, minimum age and eligibility restrictions applies See show notes for details. Okay. So these odds that we have here now for our weekly picks come from DraftKings as well. Jimmy, we start, I forgot to write down the records last week. Bad job by me. I'll have to get to that. Maybe I can get it while you're talking with one of your picks, but we start here and I'll let you go first. Yeah. So there are th- the Buccaneers. There
2: are three Sunday yeah. one o'clock. Of course, Eagles fans will have the opportunity to watch a lot of these other games around the league, seeing as uh, the Eagles play on Monday night, but there are three, uh, Sunday one o'clock games of course we Brandon and I will pick games for the NFC East teams and the Saints of course because the Eagles own their first round pick Buccaneers minus 2.5 one o'clock Sunday at Saints I'm going Buccaneers um, Buccaneers minus whatever it was against Dallas last week two and a half I think it was again. That was a lock. I mean, I felt like that was a very easy pick to make last week. Uh, Did not believe in the Cowboys offense. Did not think it was going to be as bad as it was. Uh, But to me, the Buccaneers clearly had a much better team roster, whatever you want to say. And I think that's also the case against this Saints team. Now, I think the line is only two and a half because there's this perception that the Saints own the Buccaneers. They swept the Buccaneers uh, last year they swept the buccaneers during the regular season in 2020 the buccaneers beat them in the playoffs on their way to their super bowl win that season um so they beat them when it matters saints shut them out last year i think it was 9 nothing in a game last year so they were able to their defense was able to frustrate tom brady last season But I don't think Tom Brady is a guy that you like keep down too long. (laughs) He's going to, he's like, and I think he's extra motivated uh, against uh, you know, teams that have sort of gotten the best of him. Um, So I I just see this bucket. The Buccaneers impressed me week one. Todd Bowles is the man when he has a beat on uh, an opposing quarterback, he just knows how to expose those guys. And there's a lot to work with, with a guy like Javis Winston and I think Todd Bowles is going to have a good plan defensively. And I think their defense, person, their defensive personnel is just really, really good. This is the best team in the NFC, I think, by a, a fairly significant margin, in my opinion. And then offensively, Chris Godwin uh, played. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but their they're, Mike Evans is awesome. I thought Leonard Fournette looked really good in that game. Uh, yeah, th- he's he offen- over six yards per carry. Their offensive line didn't seem to have any, uh, you know, major problems. Uh, Which was a big concern of theirs heading into the season, with uh, all three of their 2021 offensive line interior offensive linemen being out. So yeah, give me the buck. I'll I'll gladly lay the two and a half uh, with the Buccaneers again on the road uh, uh, against the Saints.
1: Very annoying for the Eagles that the Saints found a way to come back against the Falcons. Who Falcons are just like if you're a Falcons fan, man, just what a (laughs) kick in the nuts. Just like the. It, they've changed the GM they've changed the quarterback they've changed the coat they've changed like everything they possibly can and they still are like just the biggest chokers in sports maybe like, they just it's what they do it's who they are of their I, own I doing believe. too like did, you know what happened on the on the on their final offensive drive right well Arthur Smith like didn't go for it right or
2: so they had third and one uh in Saints territory like around their 40 they get a first down it's game um and they fumbled the snap, <laughs> so mm. like Mariota was able to pick it up, and he actually gained not yardage but footage. So they actually got closer on fourth down, and their offense moved the ball all day. Like they had over four hundred yards, I think. And they punted, they oh. they punted, which was such a weird decision too, because the Saints sort of found a groove offensively mm-hmm. in the second half. Like they didn't do, they didn't do. I didn't watch this game, but. Just looking at like the way that flow, the, like looking at the, like the play-by-play or whatever, they uh, they were just kind of stuck in the mud through the first half, and then they started putting together all these uh, scoring drives in the second half. So they definitely had momentum offensively, and the Falcons just gave them the ball back. Like just get a yard and win the game. You're you're not a good team. You're not going to the Super Bowl. You're probably not going right. to the playoffs. Tell your offense. It's your division-
1: it's like your biggest division rival. Like you'd stick it to them. <laughs> tell, yeah.
2: Tell your offense, I believe in you to get this yard and win the game. Instead, they punt and of course it backfires. Will Lutz uh hits a huge. game-winning field goal. So yeah, that would have been that would have been a, a massive uh yeah. you know I mean they're huge for the Eagles if the Saints had dropped this game to this garbage. Uh I, I mean this Falcons roster is this it's they actually played pretty well week one. But their roster is terrible. They have nothing. And if Kyle Pitts and they had and like uh AJ Terrell's a good corner, and beyond that, and like, they, they just don't have that much. Cordarell Patterson actually uh, is is actually a legit running back. Um, but yeah, they uh they, they had a chance and like you said, they're just chokers and they blew it.
1: <sighs> so bad news for the Eagles. I will also <laughs> take the Bucks. I just I'm not believing in the Saints. Come on. I know they've played well against the Bucs. Um and I I do think there's something to that. Like, I think Dennis Allen has had a good plan for Tom Brady, clearly, uh, but I'm, I'm not betting on team. Like I, I, it's weird to me. This, the, and we've talked about this game way too long, but I, I saw like coming out of this game against the Falcons, there was a lot of like, well, the saints did it. They're They are good. As opposed to like this team that everyone is overhyping almost lost to the Falcons. Yeah. And like almost lost in a way where it wasn't even like, like they came back and it was all them. They got greatly aided by, uh, Arthur Smith's cowardice. Yes. So I am. Yeah, I'm not buying the Saints by any means. So we'll, we'll both go Bucks two and a half. I think that's not. I think that's like a, like a steal kind of. Like, yeah, I, like, I, the Bucks, I agree. The, the Bucks should be three point favorites. That extra like that half is a nice little bonus. The there. Bucks are awesome. Um, I, I do think their offensive line might be a little bit shakier in pass pro than you are. Like, that kind of did worry me a little bit. The Cowboys. OK. Like, Parsons is obviously a good player, but whatever. Anyway. Um, and by the way, the records for week one, you went. Uh, two and three against the spread. I went three and two. We only differed on the Eagles pick. I had taken the Eagles at plus four. And sure enough, or sorry, the Lions at plus four. And they had covered. Um, but by the uh, way, on, were...
2: on their offensive line, not to belabor this game any further, but I meant like their interior of their offensive line, I think stood up
1: when they lost the, all three. See, yards, I disagree. I thought it was a little a little dicey. And then they lost Donovan Smith. I just think. But I feel like they little... got
2: beaten more around the edge than, than okay. on the interior. Like Parsons had a great
0: game,
1: like you said. Uh also the Cowboys don't have like the personnel to take advantage of the interior um other the way other teams are going to But Panthers at Giants. (laughs) Give me the Giants, baby. Are (laughs) you kidding me? I don't feel good about the Panthers. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Matt Rule, anything going Ben McAdoo? Is this the Ben McAdoo revenge game? No, it's not. The Giants, (laughs) as I've said, are this year's Lions. They're gonna be feisty each week. They're gonna play hard. They're not good, obviously. There's a there's a very much a ceiling on this team, but I feel much better about them. Like the vibes are much better with the Giants than they are with the Panthers. I'm not going to overthink it. I very much regret taking the Panthers to beat the Browns last week because I just thought the Browns stunk when we saw them in training camp. But Panthers stink even more, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, the Giants had an had a opposite approach to the than the Falcons last week. Uh, Falcons were cowards. Brian Dable and the Giants go down and they. They score a touchdown, extra point, ties the game. Instead, this is against the Titans in Tennessee. By the way, uh, I think there was a little bit over a minute left in that game uh, when they scored, and Brian Dable went for two, a little shovel pass. The Sa- on Barkley, by the way, is good again. <laughs> like so, that's uh, maybe a little bit of a concern. Like he played for the Eagles anyway. He played really well and looked explosive. Made some big plays in that game. Was effective as a receiver. Uh, he caught the shovel pass on the on the uh, on the two point conversion. Looked like he was going to get stuffed, found his way into the end zone anyway. They take the lead. Titans go down. Football gods reward the Giants by uh, having the Titans miss uh, their, their game-winning field goal attempt, and here they are, 1-0. But unlike the Falcons, their coach said, I trust you to go win this game, and they did. So kudos to Brian Dable and the Giants, who, yeah, I, I, I'm i with you. I think they're, they're a potentially uh, feisty team this year. And uh, certainly, I do not like the Fal- the pa- the Panthers in that that team. That's a loser organization. Yeah. And uh, until I see differently, I won't be picking them at all. It's funny you're saying that against the
1: team. That is that the is, worst record yeah, in the NFL yeah. I mean, they're, they're a loser
2: organization too, but... Yes, uh, but, but they, I get th- it. This year, there's reason to to think, okay, yes. well, at, at least they have something going for them.
1: Right, and my point wasn't to, like say you're wrong. It's just how far the Giants have come yeah. think, this offseason. Right. Uh, and also just, yeah, it's it's about making a bet on like what you... I see it, it's not like a guaranteed thing. I could be wrong. Panthers could win. There's no guarantee here, but I'd rather go down... In general, like betting on my guys or like things I believe in, yeah. and I believe in being aggressive. So if Dave was going to do that, then I will, I will ride with him in this case. Um, the commanders at the Lions,
2: interesting game.
1: Lions are only one and a half point favorites.
2: What do you think about that?
1: I don't take the commanders in part because I've seen DeAndre Smith is, I think he missed two days of practice and maybe he'll be able to play. I don't know. We're doing this recording on Friday morning, but if they don't know swift, swift, that's kind of a big deal and uh do i trust carson wentz no but he is going to give you some good to go along with the bad and man i don't know this is tough because i think the lions like almost deserve a win i think they could play this game tough ah i don't so i don't feel good about it but i think i have to take i think I, with swift being if swift was healthy i would be taking the lions here but i think that in, that's a big loss for them because he's, he's one of their best players so I'm going to take the commanders plus one and a half front of my made this point
2: offline that this is a fun game to watch just in the sense that the Eagles played the lions last week. We saw what Jalen hurts did against them. And then we turn around week two and we get to see what Carson nice. Wentz can do against this Lions defense. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if the lions blitz the crap out of Wentz the same way that they, that they did against uh, Jalen hurts and how, and how Wentz responds to that. Does he play his BS Hero ball
1: nonsense and makes him, which he did, and almost got the
2: <laughs> he threw, threw two interceptions in a row, yeah. uh, on two two consecutive passes, uh, against the Jaguars week one. I think his stats were a little bit inflated in that game, and that he like they got into the end zone by the pass as opposed to the run. Um, but it's solid, solid performance by him. They, they won the game, which is really all that matters. Um, he made some nice throws in that game. I like the commanders in this game too, just because. I don't believe like the lions are feisty, of course. And the, by the way, dude, that stadium was yeah maybe the loudest stadium. Uh, and I, I may, might not be in the best position to, I guess, um, uh, compare to other teams around the league because the, the lions press box is unique in that there's no glass. So you're out sort of among the fans and it's going to sound louder than any other stadium, just based on that alone. Nevertheless, that place was very, very loud on Sunday. Their fans were into it. Obviously, hard knocks probably had a lot to do with that. Um, but the eagles eagles fans when 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 it was in, in announced as a, as a sellout prior to the game, it was, I think a lot of Eagles fans thought, oh, there's going to be a lot of Eagles fans there. Nope. Like it, it was, it was definitely less than 10%, maybe even less than 5% wow. Eagles fans in there. Um, th- like their fans showed up in that game and they were very loud throughout. Uh, so to be determined if they're, they can keep that same energy uh, after a loss and, and keep that
1: same energy. Keep that One same of my energy. Week two. I hate that phrase so much.
2: <laughs> in this case, it works, but I agree yes. uh, the way it's used on Twitter. I also hate it. Um, so yeah, Lions fans keep that same energy and gets against the, against the it's, it's, we'll see if they can keep the same energy against the, against the commanders, but I think the commanders are just better. It's just better. It's just a better roster. And, uh, you know, they, their fans, by the way, are super fired up against oh, yeah. a, uh, home week one win against the team. They almost lost by the way against a team <laughs> that has not won a road game. Since 2019 and has yep. picked first in the draft the last two years. Yep. So kudos. I, I, I get it. There's something to be. like It's a it's a fan base that doesn't have much to cheer exactly. on, a, on a year-to-year basis. So I get
1: it. Uh, yeah. But that, like. That breaks a little bit. <laughs> well, be happy as you want about the win for sure. Sure. But like, oh, now we're the team to beat in the NFC. <laughs> it's like, okay. All right. A little bit much. Yeah, it was
2: like, uh, oh, the the Eagles barely beat the Lions. Yo, you always you barely beat the Jaguars at home, so.
1: right? Yeah, well, <laughs> you're calling out the Hogshaven tweet. What's yeah? I, I also called that out on the mixtape this week. Uh, did you? Okay. Uh, all right, so we move to the late window now. 4:25, the Bengals against the Cowboys. This is another steal, by the way. Give me the give me the Bengals, baby. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I thought Joe Burrow played uncharacteristically uncharacteristic, poor uh, against the Steelers, who are always tougher than you expect them to be. Yeah. Mike Tomlin's great, man. He just is like yep. I, just like eight. I don't even know what I can always necessarily point to about what it is that makes him great. But the bottom line is like again and again and again he gets results, and that's kind of what I'm saying like when it comes to Gannon. Like at some point, maybe I don't even know the specific thing that I needed to do differently. But at the, like at the end of the day, I need you to get results, and you're not getting those results. Uh, I have to take the Bengals here. I I I. Think week one, they're not going zero and two, right? And the Cowboys, the vibes are terrible. They're trending so in the wrong direction. Give me the Bengals minus seven.
2: Yeah, it's an easy call here. Uh, this is one of my picks, my you know weekly picks. Bengals minus seven is is, I mean, a total steal. They're just their offense is extremely talented. They did have some offensive line like they they put a lot of resources into their offensive line this off season. Yeah, and obviously so after the way their offensive line just got wrecked throughout the playoffs last year, but it's still a problem. They they yeah. they yeah. failed to protect Joe Burrow week one against the Steelers led the NFL in in sacks last year with fifty five. So yeah, they do TJ that to Watt's a lot of teams. Good. Uh, yeah, um, and they had seven sacks I think week one against the Bengals and Joe Burrow threw four interceptions. But ultimately, I am a Joe Burrow Bar- believer. They're, same. They're going to be fine. They're going to be totally fine. And their defense mm-hmm. is good. Their defense will have no problem shutting down uh, Cooper Rush. I don't <laughs> know how this game isn't double digit. You know, right? I don't know. I don't understand how how that is. But give me the Bengals minus seven against this trash Cowboys game, team all day.
1: Uh, that brings us. So by the way, let's set do, up. Do the we NFC have all East four picks the same play? so far here? We do once again, so maybe the Eagles game will be different. But <laughs> to set the stage here for what this would look like, we have the two and O Giants and the two and O Commanders, and then the O and two Cowboys yeah. before Monday Night Football. That's what we have the division currently looking like yep. here going into Monday Night. Which interesting, um, very early in the season, but interesting. Vikings. I think this game opened with uh, Minnesota as, uh, or sorry, the Eagles as two and a half favorites. It's since gone to the Eagles being uh, favored by two points. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go first? Yeah,
2: I mean, I
1: already. By see the it. way, sorry, real quick, yeah. we're both one and zero in our straight up. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um. I'll just say it again. I, I'll, I'll trust that the Eagles can stop a, a competent quarterback and a competent offense when I actually see right. it. Um, right. And that's it's as simple as that for me. Vikings. And I, I think they're going to cover and they're going to win.
1: If the Eagles win this game, it's a big freaking deal because you look at their schedule after this game. And I did this with RJ. I was like, RJ, when are they going to lose next? If let's say they beat the Vikings, let's like lock that in for the sake of this activity. When do they lose next? And he picked the Steelers game coming out of the bye. Which even then is is possible. They're going to the beat Steelers that team. Are, I just said. They're, <laughs> I I agree, but the Steelers are tough. They're not just you know they're they're not typically an easy win. And the Eagles are coming off a bye, so I do agree they will. And historically, the Steelers don't play well in Philly for whatever reason. Um, but like yeah. So after why don't why don't I play this game with you because I want to see what you yeah, say. Yeah, Okay. Okay. Right, so let's say Eagles win Monday Night Football. Everyone's excited. Fight up two and zero. When is their next loss?
2: Well, okay. So week three is at Commanders. Uh, I'll I'll go through it it
1: with you. I'll I'll prompt the game. Commanders. Win. In Washington. FedEx Field. Win. Maryland. Win. Okay. Uh, Dougie P. Win. Jacksonville. Uh, It's in Philly, but the Jaguars. In Arizona against the Cardinals. Cardinals are frauds. That's a win. They play the Cowboys in Philly. Win. They play this after the bye. They play the Steelers in Philly. Oh, I didn't realize that was also after the bye. Yeah, even more reason win. Yeah, uh, then Thursday night football, short week. They go to Houston to play the Texans. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a trap game. <laughs>
2: that's a, that's it a has trap
1: game potential from a standpoint <laughs> of okay, you beat the Steelers. It's a short week, and then you have to play the Commanders next. So that could kind of be. I a look will, I will game. say
2: that like the game that I looked at week one, where I was like, "How is this line only?" I think it was seven. Was Colts yeah. Texans? I think a lot of people got knocked out in like survivor pools on that game, mm-hmm. uh, and. The Colts. I mean, the, the the Texans actually had a really lucky game. They, yes. There's no way that that game should have been tied. Um, and then <laughs> here's why they're going to beat the Texans. Like, I just have no belief in them. All right. We talked about. I remember I talked about the Texans because the the pod's going long. But hold on, hold on, just real quick. In overtime, they had the ball at the 49. The the Colts 49 with like uh, I think there's like 20 something oh, yeah, seconds Lovie's left.
1: Have punted, yeah.
2: Fourth and three. Fourth and three. They punted. Like, are you kidding? You're the, you're the freaking Texans. You're going to lose like at least 12 games this year. Go for, Are you kidding? So losers. Uh, they're going to beat that team. Anyway. So continue. you
1: have the Eagles at 8-0. And, and then they play <laughs> the Commanders in Philly.
2: Yeah, that's another win.
1: 9-0? Yeah. Okay, then they play the Colts in Indy. I think that's a win. 10-0. They play the Packers in Philly. That's a loss. Okay, so the Eagles are going to go ten and one yeah. if they if they beat the Vikings, and if they don't, then they're going to go nine and two, uh, according to you.
2: Well, maybe um, not because we'll see okay. what happens in that game. Oh, so you'll feel worse about yeah. them. Okay, yeah. so
1: you're factoring that in. But um, all right, uh, yeah, it's that's very much on the table. <laughs> so I just wanted to set the stage. If they do win this game, it's a huge game, but I think it comes back down to Gannon. Um, not that I doubt hurts, but still, like you know, let's say I'm doubting Gannon and the Eagles are going to have to pass a lot because the Vikings are going to be putting up a lot of yards and points. Can the Eagles offense move the ball to the air at that clip to match, especially if they're playing from a deficit? Uh, I don't know. I think I feel better about that than I feel about the, the defense <laughs> being good at all, uh, but that's an issue, and I, I, I have said since the schedule came out that I, I incorrectly had them losing to the Lions. Of course, I didn't know the Lions were going to be losing or uh, missing their top two options at right guard. Once that happened, I felt a lot better about the Eagles winning. Um, another reason why that the Eagles' defensive performance was pathetic, by the way. <laughs> the Lions have a decent offensive line, quality offensive line, right like on the whole, but missing their top two options at right guard. And their center was like banged up. He was on the injury report. Yeah, biggest play of the game was a result of that right guard. I mean, Tui. Yes, Tui smoked that guy. That's right, and then that led to the pick. Logan Stenberg. Yeah. So, uh, I yeah, I I I. But I going back to my point. If the Eagles weren't going to lose against the Lions, I was going to pick him to lose against the Vikings. I thought they were going to open the season one and one, and I think that's what's going to happen here. I think Minnesota beating the Packers in Week One it was like a legit win. I don't think that was like fluky at all. I think uh, Kevin O'Connell. Uh, I don't have any. Any kind of like things about him that are big red flags i thought he had a good debut so i and i hate to do it because i don't (laughs) believe in kirk cousins and also this is a big test for the eagles in the big picture because the kirk cousins corollary if you will uh the kirk cousins litmus test like if you're a good team typically you beat kirk cousins Mm -hmm. and if you're not you lose to kirk cousins Mm -hmm. that's usually the threshold there now obviously maybe there's some exceptions to that and the Packers are still going to be a good team. But that's like, you know, it's a division game factor. There's, there's some other variables in there. Uh, but on the whole, typically you're a good team if you beat Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he's got an
2: amazing record against bad teams. And he's got a terrible yes. record against good teams.
1: So it's not the best sign for the Eagles, like, you know, contention chances. If they lose, they're not coked by any means. But it's like not, it's not encouraging. Uh, if they lose this game from that standpoint, I have to take the Vikings for the points. I have to do it. And, and so we're both taking the Eagles to lose. Uh Tough, but... Gonna be a big game. Gonna be a lot of juice in the at the link there on Monday night. Should be a fun one. Looking forward to it very much. Anything else to say? I will
2: gladly accept all the page views and downloads and uh, negotiating uh, leverage uh, if they if they start ten and zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it would not be bad. You you would sign up for that. I'll sign up, up for would that be, right now. Yeah, wouldn't be a worse. The worst thing yeah. that happened. <laughs> Um all right any other final thoughts in general Uh
2: no I don't think so we're already uh, okay. um you know
1: what a marathon
2: of a pod hour 30 something in this pod so uh yeah I'll just say that uh, uh looking forward to Sunday we don't get that many opportunities to just sit around and watch other games uh you know all day from our respective living rooms as reporters so uh yeah I'm looking forward to doing nothing maybe order uh maybe order i think i'm going to go johnny longhots on nice. sunday in marlton get some uh pizza and some other stuff delivered i uh, got my daughter this weekend we'll hang out she'll be on her ipad and her phone i'll be watching the game we'll have uh we'll, we'll we'll cheers a little pizza together and uh good times how about you
1: i like that plan for you um I, I agree with you. It's the rare, not just for us too, but I think, you know, it's nice for Eagle Sands to have a Sunday off in terms of like being able to watch what's going else around the league. Yeah. I think that's kind of an underrated thing sometimes, or something like as we as writers and, and everyone as a whole can kind of lose track of is like, you, you know, you like your own players or, or you, or you hate your own coach or whatever it is. You can kind of lose the context of like how other teams maybe are looking for, for better or for worse. I mm-hmm. think that the context of the league is important when you like can when you're evaluating the team you cover you you follow or you cover. Uh so that's nice. Um planning to run out during uh Sunday's action. Jimmy's waving to someone. Is Kristen Roach Ooh. of Roach. Rillers. Okay. Nice and coming back from her bike ride. Oh, nice. Uh, hitting up the Hoagie Dom once again, which I've talked about before in this podcast on Instagram. He has a, uh, it's, you can't get it. Like, the sign-up has already gone, unfortunately, for if, if you missed out. But he's doing a crispy chicken cutlet, hop, hot sopracetta, sharp provolone, marinated roasted red peppers, Italian long hot pepper vinaigrette, speaking of long hots, uh, and then shaved grana padano, all on a sesame seeded hoagie roll, fresh break leaf, freshly baked by him and then you can add a an actual marinated long hot to it if you want apparently so I'm looking forward to trying that because it sounds really good and he makes some really great things you should check him out if you haven't already uh Howie Roseman I mentioned before loves his sandwiches so if you're a big Howie fan <laughs> there's the endorsement um and yeah and then watching all the games but let's wrap this up by telling you that BGN Radio is brought to you by Righteous Felon Crafter. you go to RighteousFelon.com, discount code BGN20 right now for 20% off your order. Do it now before that offer expires. At the end of this month, BGN20 at RighteousFelon.com. Check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors who just got back from her bike ride by going to RoachRealtors.com eight, or... 856-906-9295. Nine, nine, calling or texting that number if you're looking to buy, sell. Rent a house, or looking for uh, getting connected to realtors that might not be in New Jersey, or looking for general real estate advice, give her a call or contact her. Uh, again, follow at Bleeding Green on Twitter and at Bleeding Green Insta on Instagram to check out our DraftKings offer, same game parlay this week. Those will be the places that you'll see those when it goes live. In addition to the DraftKings website, if you can find it on there, so stay tuned for that. Um, check out us on Twitter at Brandon Gowden. And Instagram, at Brandon Galton. Jimmy Kemsky at Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram. Uh Check out Bleeding Your Nation, my work. Phillyvoice.com for Jimmy's work. All right, so long show, but we appreciate you sticking with us. And we're going to wrap it up now. And maybe the Eagles will be on their way to 10-0 the next time we talk to you. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody.
0: P-G-N.